0: proactivity, capital allocation, partnerships, and more on today's episode. Are you a leader trying to get more from your business and life? Me too. So join me as I document the conversations, stories, and advice to help you achieve what matters in your life. Welcome to Unbound with me, Chris Dubois. Robert Injuries is an entrepreneur and investor who's built an eight business empire, each generating over seven figures annually. He now travels the world while managing his portfolio, providing presentations to thousands of people in three different languages, and consulting for business professionals to achieve two to 10x higher levels of effectiveness. Robert, welcome to Unbound.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, um, I have a lot of questions, uh, (laughs) but the first one I always ask a guest is, what's your origin story?
1: Well, I think uh, the most important thing for people to know is uh, I'm a human being, right? We're all from the same species, uh, same planet, you know, breathing the same air, you know, living the same life. So um, I think in the world that loves to divide itself, that loves to find a victim, to find a hero, you know, to to always have a two-sided story, we forget that we should remain humble. We should uh, stick to one another. We like it. We should s- consider each one of us brothers, each one of us sisters, right? Um, and I don't say that from a woo perspective. I say that as reality. At the end of the day, you know, uh, if if we look at ourselves as one species, us doing harm upon one another does not help in any way. It just mathematically doesn't make sense, logically, ethically in any way you look at it, it just doesn't make sense. So me personally, I was born in, I am Hungarian. I was born in a very small town in Romania, Um, uh, a little over three decades ago. And at that point still, I don't know if it's still the case, there was still a little tug of war going on between Romanians and Hungarians because, you know, the one lost the war, the other one didn't, you know, <laughs> so, um, it's, um, it wasn't, uh, wasn't easy. I was getting in fights every single week. You know, a lot of things happened at that, uh, at that period in my life. Um, I got, I became a very good fighter, which is good. So that's, that's a skill set <laughs> I still have. Yeah. yeah. So if I ever need it, you know, um, haven't fought anyone in you know what over a decade or more you know so that makes me very happy um but basically um <clears throat> at, at the beginning we didn't really have much in terms of um financials we as children we didn't really feel need but we didn't have much either so our, our parents did great at Um, Loving us at giving us enough food, you know, giving us clothing and so on. But just to give you an idea, the first pair of new clothes I had, uh, I bought when I was 14. Until then, I only had secondhand clothes from, you know, second-hand markets and so on. So that was my upbringing. And I'm very grateful for it because we did have food. We did have a roof. You know, we did have loving parents. We had both of our parents, right, which is a thing, you know, so I'm very happy. We had the education. It was, you know, not the best because you know it was like a low, low town, you know, public schooling. But it was, it was still good. I mean, we still learned physics, math, you know, English, and so on and so forth. So incredibly valuable. Again, people underestimate how valuable all of those things are, right? So um, very happy for that. Um, I then left my parents' house when I was fourteen. Um, my father uh, is a retired army general, colonel, or whatever you know the grades are. Um, so he he ha- he had very strict rules, and I don't really abide well by rules because I just like to do whatever I want to do. So I left home, and then because I didn't le- leave on the best of terms, I had to fend for myself. So I started picking up odd jobs, um, and uh, you can't legally be hired in Romania when you're like 14. So I had weird jobs like uh, I was a lumberjack at one point. Uh, another point, uh, I was building furniture. Uh, the entire furniture in my room uh, in, in an apartment we still own today, I built myself. You know, uh, over yeah. 15 years ago, I was very happy with that. Um, I could buy the wood, but I couldn't, you know, hire someone to build it, so I had to build it myself. <laughs> um, and then, you know, various other things. Um, I really enjoyed engineering really enjoyed building stuff um when i was very young i picked up a book um the what is it called the the, the evolution of technology i really loved it learned a lot a lot from it uh, how things work how the world works how you know the the vacuum cleaner works you know and so on and so forth and it just amazed amazed me and so i said okay i want to i want to build stuff i just love this so that's what um, I went on doing. I went on learning to build things. My first client uh, was a uh, my first real client, I had some like small things here and there small projects, friends asked me, but my first real client was a manufacturing plant, they needed uh, all of their workflows automatized, um, because they were still using pen and paper, which was weird, because they were doing millions a year, you know, in revenue. So like no, you need you need to scale up. This like even even at that age, I'm like no no, you, you need something more. And so, yeah. uh, oh, long story short, you know, uh, I uh, convinced them to let me help them build that. So uh, I built it. I built everything they needed in around two weeks. They were shocked. They couldn't believe it because they were in negotiations with a, a company in Budapest um, on a lot of you know big amount of money. It seemed to me back then. Um and so I told them I'm gonna do it for half of the price if they allow me. And they didn't believe me, but they still allowed me to try. And so I tried. Two weeks I succeeded, built everything they the, the dev agency said it's gonna <laughs> take them months. You know, I don't know how many months I'm billing them, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. how much money. I, I'm gonna do all of that, it's fine. And then I did. They were shocked, they gave me feedback, and then um I managed to uh implement their feedback and then it worked. And um, I did that when I was around 15. So uh, that was my first um, big project. I loved it. I I got the bug ever since. Since then, I've delivered on over 200 uh, tech projects. Uh, My favorite ones are, you know, I don't know, autonomous flying drones. Um, We closed the deal not long ago to build robots uh, in the medical sector that do 30 different types of scans. It's just. I love it. Everything that has to do with taking humanity to the next level, you know, um, I enjoy. And so that's my backstory. Um, and then obviously since then, many things happen.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, it's crazy hearing hearing some people's backstories and you're like, you, you have like similar upbringings, but like one, one thing just kind of sets you off on a different path. And it's, it's crazy. I think when I was, you know, 15 to 16, I was stocking shelves at a grocery store and pumped about my... <laughs> what I was doing. Um, don't know that I'll go back to that, <laughs> but, uh, um, one, one thing that I've noticed though, it seemed, seems like a trend from your, even from your backstory that you put a lot of value in acquiring skills mm-hmm. and, and just learning new things. Um, how do you kind of foster that as you're, you know, still growing up and you have way more, you know, so much, um, so many more resources, I guess now, mm-hmm. Um, to be able to do these things. How are you still ensuring that you're getting
1: after that? So the the answer is actually very easy. It might be uh, weird to some, but skill development is my hobby. So when some people pick up hobbies, you know, like, I don't know, playing guitar or, you know, whatever, fishing, whatever, all, all, like whatever people like to do with their spare time, you know, watch movies. I like to do pick up skills. I just love it. It's just my favorite thing. For example, the other night, um, my wife was watching some, uh, I do not know house of cards, whatever. She was watching something, you know, the series, uh, it was, I think, I think we started, like we finished work at like 8 PM and then we just didn't feel like much. So she started watching some series I'm like, I don't feel like series. So what am I going to do? I started learning next JS like, Hey, like, uh, haven't done anything in next JS yet, you know, let me pick up a new language. Right. And uh, this is weird because, like, we have dozens and dozens of developers. I never need to code again, right? I, I never need to do this. But the next time, you know, someone's going to tell me what you know, what classes they're using in Next.js or, or what components they want to you know build or what's available in the market, I will know, right? Because I've already done it. I've already skilled up. Uh, I'm ahead of the curve in anything that matters to me. I pick up. Uh, I picked up a lot of law uh during the years Uh, so anyone sends me a contract i can almost review it as well as a lawyer or sometimes better because i have the business acumen as well and i know what they actually want to do and so i can change the contract to fit so it's more fit for purpose Uh, i'm not going to pretend that i'm a lawyer and and i know all of the legal gibberish but many times you don't need to because what you need to know is I told you that I'm going to give you this by this date. You told me you're going to give me this by this date. And these are all of the, you know, if this happens, this ha- then this happens. If this happens, then this happens. Everything explained in clear English. If you explain everything in clear English, you're 90% better than anyone that, ha- that doesn't know how to deal with contracts. Similarly with, you know, uh, HR, with uh, leadership skills, with, uh, I took a course last year. From Google, uh, what was it? Uh, project management course or whatever. You know, I don't need to do project management. But guess what? I'm like, oh, I didn't take any course on this. Let me just take a um, a certified course from Google. And I took the course. I loved it. I learned so much. You know, rehashed some old uh, concepts that I had. Why not? Like, what am I gonna do at 4 a.m. in the morning when I can't sleep? Like, let me let me just do something. You know. <laughs>
0: yeah well what i like about it is that so like we're limited in our imaginations at some point because you have your your creative imagination where you're like coming up with something brand new and then synthetic where it's like i'm going to take two different ideas and put them together for something new and like by bringing on all of these different skills and learning this stuff even if you may never have to be the developer or the project manager the ideas for new projects right when you can start piecing together things and create something new it's like that's what an entrepreneur does. Right. And so, uh, definitely some value there. Um, when we talked last, we, we got into a lot of just proactivity and the need for entrepreneurs to be thinking about the future and not losing, um, opportunities because they just aren't moving into like making decisions and and being proactive in those. Can you talk about some of your experience around just being proactive and some of the decisions that were uh, put in front of you?
1: so i think that um people most people um put things off not because they can't do them or don't want to do them and i think many people put them off because of lack of mental bandwidth energy however you want to call it right like they can't deal with this it's literally it's like 6 p.m. and you're like I can't deal with this today. Literally it's that's you know how to do it you know what you need to do you're like I'll deal with that tomorrow, right? It's a problem for tomorrow or whatever challenge a solution a, a thing to do tomorrow. So proactivity means that you prioritize the important over the urgent. It's it's literally that because it's not like you don't always have a plethora of things to do. You always have more things to do than time in the day. So the only thing that proactivity is, is allowing yourself to be a strategist. Um, And most people aren't comfortable being a strategist because whilst I'm spending two hours, you know, defining how we're going to do whatever, you know, my team is burning hot with this new client situation or whatever is going on. So it's very hard to detach from that, right? It's hard to say, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm just going to do this, right? I'm going to do something that actually matters. So I've noticed that I find strength in proactivity. I find stability in that. Whilst everyone's scouring, whilst everyone's panicking, whilst everyone's, you know, rushing to do stuff. I'm like, what are you guys talking about? Why, why would I rush? Well, what is there to rush, right? I kid you not. So some people, if they look at my day, they're like, oh gosh, Robert, you're, you're lazy. I'm like, no, I work all day. I work all day. I work on things that actually matter. That's why I am where I am. That's why most people, and I can say in general, you are where you are, right? Because you don't work on your business. You, you just deal with the client issue. You do not document what the client issue was. You do not do an analysis of what cause the issue in the first place and then you don't build a procedure to avoid that issue from happening in the future It's just as simple as that you do not put in that work that is the work of the operator that is the work of the CEO of the chief of ops of the whomever because most people uh, 90 if I remember correctly 96 percent of businesses never make it two million dollars which is which means most people don't have a mature leadership team which means that you, if you're the manager, are probably responsible for this, right? Okay, if you are, you know, 500 people person company, and you're the owner, yeah, you should probably have a management team of five to 20 people. And you don't need to do this stuff. But someone needs to do it, right? So um, if you do not, and by the way, I say need lightly, you don't need to do anything in life, you can do whatever you want in life, right? You can you know, be a hippie, you know, just uh, use CBD all day or whatever else, you know, and then just enjoy your life, you know, enjoy whatever you want to do with life. Um, And by the way, that has nothing to do with anyone. Like literally, you can play video games all day for all I care. You can do whatever you want. Just literally be happy. As long as you're happy, the world will be a better place. You know, Um, if you're miserable being an entrepreneur, stop being an entrepreneur or just do it differently, right? Talk to someone like Chris, someone like me, someone like anyone, you know, just find a different way of doing it. And then that can potentially make you happy, right? So at the end of the day, the when I say need, I mean, if you want a self-sustainable, high-performing business, this needs to happen. It's like one is a requirement to the other, right? If if you do not put in this specific type of effort, and you can hire someone again to do it for you. You don't need to do it yourself. You can hire someone to do it. We've been doing it for hundreds of companies. It, it's not that difficult but it needs either time or capital or both right and so that's that's just what you need to do if you're in business
0: yeah so kind of building off this like you you consult and and coach people on just increasing the effectiveness of their their companies what other things do you see that they mistakes that they're making or things that they could just very quickly change the way they're viewing some problems in order to get a better result
1: okay so um just one small clarification i've um, i've stopped consulting a little while ago um, because we were getting a ton of people in and uh, i noticed that i didn't have the time in the day um, so the last time we did consulting people were paying me 2000 an hour just to talk and at one point i'm like I'm just i can't keep doing this because i really give my all, right? Like it's an hour and you ask me 30 difficult questions that you've been, you know, grinding your brains on for six months. And I answer all of them in that hour. Like I kid you not, like every, I don't think in five years I did consulting, I didn't answer a question. I gave someone a solution of this is your problem. This is how you solve it. Go. Right. And so I've been doing this and and it's very, Hiring on the brain. And so if I have a few coaching calls, or I used to have a few coaching calls a day, I just I I, I just need a break, right? I, I need to relax. I need to think of something else, right? I need to I need to go watch House of Cards or something, you know. I, I need to just unwind. So in terms of what i see so right now what we do is instead of coaching we are we are the people that actually go in and build everything for you so uh, someone comes to us and says my business my business is doing half a million right now and i want to go to a million or i am at 20 million i want to go to 40 true stories all of these right and we say okay let's see what needs to be put in place and we put that in place so we we put the people we do everything and then You literally just, and many times we tell the entrepreneur, just go on vacation for a month. Let me do my work and then come back and you'll have a better business (laughs) when you're back. Right. And so, uh, this, this has happened. I have literally told people at one point, I remember, uh, one of our clients was in an issue, like a grave issue from their perspective. I told them, turn off your computer, turn off your phone. Do not do anything for the next 24 hours. Let us deal with it. Right? Don't do anything. Please, just don't. Just take off. Take the day off. By the next day, he comes back and is like, what are we doing? What's the plan? No plan, nothing to do. It's already solved. Just move on with your life. What do you mean it's solved? It's solved. We dealt with it. It was easy, you know, you don't need to worry, you know, and so on and so forth. So many times if people would just get out of their way, you know, business would be easier because it's just math at the end of the day, you know, just this and this and this and this. And, you know, me as an engineer, I could just, you know, build stuff and and they work. So what I see, uh, that's the first thing, people getting in their own way, right? They get stressed, they get upset, they get anxious, they get, you know, emotional. And then I'm like, this is not you know, a telenovela, like this is like, what, what are you doing here? You're either in business to do business or you're in business to do gossip and to stress and to worry and to what's, what's this about? What are you doing? Why are you worrying? Well, because we might lose the client. Okay. And you worrying helps you how, you know? Then people that literally people get in their own way and they, they worry themselves and then they get everyone else in the company to worry. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, five years later, they're wondering why they have, you know, uh, a defective culture, right? Well, because you're defective, like you have the issue, you're creating the issue, right? If you're always stressed, if you're always yelling at people, or if you're always late on things and everyone feels late and so on. Obviously, you're not going to have a calm, calculated, strategic workplace. You can't be calm, calculated, and strategic. You can't expect everyone else to be if you are not, right? And so you need to get out of your own way, start being more reasonable with everything that's going on in your life, and start thinking you know, in terms of solutions, not in terms of problems. So that's one that I notice. Another thing that I notice is um, people... Like I mean people are fearful or um, um, let's call it fear. We, the main thing is fear. They're fearful of looking like they're incompetent. So I cannot tell you how many times I had to hop on consulting calls. and even recently when um, we're doing the work, some of the people that we're managing their business for they're my friends, and so sometimes we have calls. And they're like, well, Robert, I'm, you know, working preparing the proposal for this company that's doing, I don't know, six billion a year, you know, and so on and so forth. And the true stories, by the way, like real big entities that you've heard of, right? And uh they're they're running me through that and so on. I'm like, that doesn't sound like what you should be selling them. Like, well, yeah, but that's the proposal and this is what we talked about, and so on, like they're talking about you know better than that no you should do this and this and this like oh yeah you're right i wanted to ask you but then you know i I said maybe i shouldn't like shouldn't why shouldn't you ask me you know for a two million dollar deal why should you not ask me (laughs) you know what you should do and they're like well you know i i thought i had it i've done things like that you know and so on but this is not about ego right this isn't and when I say ego, I say it with humility. This person, very humble individual, I love them to death, right? That's why I still, you know, help them and so on. But at the same time, you know, they're scared of of you know not asking for too much, you know, not not putting themselves out there, you know, because they need to be the thought leader. They need to know what they're doing all the time. They need to. They need to. They need to. Right. All of this pressure. Many entrepreneurs that have succeeded, they're already millionaires and so on, they're under so much pressure, they don't even realize, right? They do not know what a pressure less day feels like. They haven't had one in 10 years, right? So this is another thing that I see. Many people don't open themselves up to people like myself, like you, like many others, right? That we want to help them, but they really need to say, I think I know what I'm doing, but this is what I'm about to do. What do you think? right? That level of humility, very rare, very valuable, right? Because now we can have a productive conversation of this is where you are right now. This is your next level, right? And so that's very useful.
0: Yeah. I would say the number of business owners I've talked to, to discuss leadership stuff, and they have said, "Uh, leadership isn't my problem. What I need (laughs) is like more from my sales team or more from my marketing team. And I'm like, Are you sure that's not a leadership problem? Like, (laughs) um, turns out like if you can, once you tie that back to some, some numbers, right. The math of business, then they're like, Oh, it is a leadership problem. You're right. Uh, but so something speaking, uh, leadership problems and stuff, uh, let's talk about where extra money should go, uh, when you have it within your company. I think a lot of, a lot of businesses have the idea that they can either exploit right and just keep putting more in their pocket or they can expand and start growing the company um outwards you had some interesting thoughts on this so yes love we'll to go deeper um
1: so the reason why I've grown so much um over the years is because almost 100% of the money we made I put back into our ventures so if I would make 2k extra uh, a month like right, we we like we're consistently making 2k extra, like for two three months, I would hire another VA, right? If I or whatever I needed, whatever skill set that would free up more of my time, I would immediately hire. If we needed a copywriter, so I didn't need to review copy, I would hire. If we would need a VA so that you know uh, meetings get booked, podcasts get scheduled, whatever you know, anything that happens, you know, I would just hire for that. So I would always use capital to buy time. That's my philosophy. Always use capital to buy time. Time is the most uh, precious resource because you can't get more of it. And people don't understand it. They they say they do, and they, they think they do, but they don't. Because if they would, they would spend all of their money to buy more time. Because that's the only thing you don't have more of. Money you can make millions of. Minutes you can't make millions of. You have a set number of million of minutes or hours, whatever, and, and millions of hours, and then that's it. You, you don't have any more, right? So you can obviously have more by being healthier and stressing less and so on. And guess what? Better hires and less things on your plate helps you with the same thing. You get to live longer, right? You stress less, you worry less, and then you can live more. So um, that's my main philosophy As I buy time with my capital. And so um, I can say that if you have more money in your business or more money coming in, that's that's probably the best thing you can do is look at your org chart and whatever and see okay what do I need, or work with companies like mine and there are many out there and say okay we need more leads let's hire a marketing agency right we need better development for this we need to develop this hire a dev agency right pay pay them for the project or retainer but you know. Uh, Just based on skill sets that you actually need. Um, I need to get my operations in order. I need my systems in order. Hire a management company like ours, and so on and so forth, right? Like there are so many things like that that you can do with extra money. So that's what I recommend. That's number one, because that will have the highest positive impact for everyone morale, time, you know, scalability, and so on and so forth. Next best thing, uh, I believe in most cases, if you do not have cash reserves create them put money create a savings account put money there my rule of thumb is i should have at least three months of runway right so if we stop making any amount of money tomorrow three months i'm fine right i can still cover everyone's salary for three months and you know by that time in three months should be enough for me to get back to you know break even or something right obviously In our businesses, we already have tens of clients or hundreds of clients or whatever. So there's no chance in which I lose all of my revenue. So the three months of of runway, if I lose half of all of my business from one day to the next, lasts me six months. And six months is more than enough time to get back on track, to get clients back, to get whatever, right? If I lose one third of my clients from one day to the next, which is a lot, I have nine months. Right? And so on and so forth. So you know it's simple math. So that's why three months of complete runway, that's my rule in general. And I say it's a rule, but when the company is young, you don't have three months of runway. You're a startup, right? If you're a bit more established, then you can put that aside. Okay, and then um, another thing that you can potentially do, you should definitely pocket a little bit more for yourself, but you can pocket it in terms like financially for it to make sense. Like for example instead of giving yourself an extra two grand, uh, pay yourself an R&R trip, right? Because you can pay yourself bonuses from corporate money, like a a trip to Hawaii, whatever. You always wanted to go to Hawaii. Take yourself, your spouse and your children to Hawaii for two, three grand. And that's something that the business gave you. You and your entire family will remember that, right? You will remember that, hey, you know, Westrom paid for this, right? Or Robert English Holdings paid for that or X-27 paid for this, right? You'll remember that. This car, I got it from here, right? This new watch, I got it from here, you know? And these small things, this this computer, this phone, this whatever. So give yourself give yourself that but make it meaningful don't just give yourself cash many times because it's better to give yourself all of the things that you wouldn't spend cash on otherwise but you want for like a long time like a vacation for example
0: what i guess i'm curious what advice would you give to a you know first time company founder trying to get their business Mm -hmm. off the ground Um, i know there's a lot of details that (laughs) could go into that but
1: um Gosh, um, I haven't been there in a while. So right now, whenever I start businesses, um, um, I almost always raise capital um, because I want partners, vested partners, in the company's success. I don't want to do things alone. I don't like doing things alone. Um, That might come as a surprise, but I'm a co-founder in almost everything I have. I think maybe one one of the companies I have. Um, I'm just just me hundred percent a- everywhere else I own shares, whether that's eighty percent or fifty or twenty whatever is just mixes of of uh, those numbers. and um, so I have um, capital first, I don't start to venture without capital because um, I don't need to anymore I, I think maybe that sounds arrogant, but it's just when when you're when you're a different league you, you're you don't you don't play nfl in the top league and then go and play in a different league you're in the top league just you play where you are right and then you just take it from there if if i would if i wouldn't be in my league let's say i would lose everything right now i would i would get a job because i need income i would never let leave myself without income Uh, many many people you know uh, believe in, you know, passive income and so on and so forth, and whatever, what I believe is cash flow is king. Cash flow, flow, getting money every month, mon- new money into the bank that you didn't have there in the first place, right? So at any point in time, I can make a few calls and I can get the job for 10 grand a month. And I kid you not, I'm, I'm I feel very grateful and very, very happy, right? I could potentially even push it to 20 grand or more, right? But 10 grand, I mean, anywhere in the planet, I can live for 10 grand a month, right? So I can easily get a job like that at any point. Let's say you're not there. Let's say the best you can easily is, you know, two, three, four, five grand, whatever, right? But make sure you get income. If you're doing a business and you have no income and you only have cash, it's dangerous. Get to profitability in month one. That is my recommendation. If you cannot get to profitability in month one, get a job, right? Do not make yourself miserable, right? It's just my two cents. You can do whatever you want, obviously, right? If you're a 20-year-old in Harvard, like Harvard, like you're like the next Mark Zuckerberg, like you don't have anything to do with your time and your parents are paying for your tuition and so on, do whatever you want to do. you know, like, it doesn't matter. You know, there are only so many Marks out there because there's only so many people you know, that are in Harvard, everything's paid for them, you know, they have all of the time in the world, you know, to do whatever they want to do, right? That's rare, that's more rare than not, right? And and many times, even if the tuition is paid, you, you know, you have a quarter million in debt that you will, you know, bite your financial butt for the rest of your life, right? So it's not like you have all the time in the world, right? So um, I would get something that covers all of my bills puts me in a very good place right and again or or make your business profitable i do not go into a business in which i do not make money in the first month i just don't whether that's raising capital and you know from the capital you know we we invest that capital in a way that we can make money very quickly or um I start a business and I already have a list of clientele, right? Like I don't start the business until, you know, I have Chris told me, Robert, if you start this service, I'm going to be your client. And like, here's $500. I want to be your first client. I get 10 of those, right? I already have 5k a month coming in and then I start the business, right? I've done this before, by the way, this is not my first rodeo. I've sold products and services before, before having them. I collected the money and then I used client money to start the business and then do that so um, always cash flow positive that's basically my recommendation if you're an entrepreneur just starting off get a job work for someone like chris or myself or anyone you know just find a job um or get clients immediately right now if you can't get clients in month one the business isn't good enough right now for you to do something with it
0: so now i want to ask how do you how do you approach uh, like kind of validating demand? For, for a product or service when you're starting a new company? like That was a great, great idea, right? If people are gonna already pay me and say, if you do yeah. this, yes, we validated, like this idea is gonna work. How do you approach yeah. some of your other businesses?
1: So that's a very, very good question. Uh, validation you do in multiple ways. Uh, money is the king of validation. If people throw money at you, at the service, uh, that's great. That's the first type of validation, the money. The second type of validation is keeping the promise. And that's the hardest part. If you're selling gold and you actually have silver, you're in trouble. You're in big trouble because people are paying for gold, right? And you're giving them silver. They're not going to like you. It doesn't matter how good friends you are, right? They're not going to like that. So um, let's say I start a lead gen company tomorrow. I'm easy. example because we have we own a legion company i tell you um chris you know i'm gonna do legion for you uh i'm gonna promise 20 guaranteed leads every single month you pay me a thousand dollars the only catch is that you need to pay me in advance every month and then i guarantee the 20 leads during that month right and if you if i don't i give you 50 percent of money back or all the money back or whatever i don't know whatever thing okay let's say you love it. It's an amazing offer. Obviously, I would pay for that, right? The only reason I wouldn't is because I've already been burnt a few times and you know I just don't believe them anymore. But basically, let's say you and nine other people believe that and I just pocket 10 grand. Now, I need to deliver 200 leads in 30 days. Now, that becomes a problem because I probably don't know how to do that and and not at that price point, right? If I do, and if I make it work, perfect, well done, fantastic, kudos, go on. right? Probably I won't be able to do that. So then, then that becomes an issue. I, for example, at one point, we bought a marketing agency that literally shot themselves in the foot with an offer like that. They made an amazing offer. They sold it like hot, hey, hot cakes, and then they couldn't deliver. And then they were in financial jeopardy and so on and so forth. They came to us and like, uh, because they were a past coaching client and they used our skill sets, they used what we taught them to actually deliver for their clients. The issues they over So in some months it worked, but then they had dry seasons. And when they had dry seasons, their contract said they need to give a refund, right? Like, how can you have a refund? You already put in the work, you already pay the salaries. Guess what? Financial issues, cash crunches, so on and so forth. And I'm like, how did you not foresee this? How did you put yourself in this situation? Like, Robert, it was working. Like, yes, it works, dude, but it's math. It's simple math. It's never going to always work. It's just, it always is a percentile of it will work. Even if you have a 90% percentile, it's going to work. But 10% that not will make your business bankrupt, right? Etc. and so on. I had a long coaching call, but eventually they couldn't get out of it. We bought the business and we took the load and then we delivered for those Clients, so they saved reputation. We saved the clients. Blah, blah blah. It was cool, but obviously they would have preferred to keep their business, right? And I would have preferred them to keep their business because I don't need you know someone else's debt. You know, it's like I can, I'm doing just fine on my own, right? So I just helped them out of that, uh, which was ended up being fine. So at the end of the day, uh, there's validation in terms of can you sell it and can you collect money, but really collect money, not just promises. Like when there's money in the bank. And then two, can you deliver on that promise, right? So those are the two things that you need to validate. If you can validate both at least three to 10 times, you know, it depends on the product, obviously, but not once. Once is like you sold it to your mom, way to go. Sell it to three to 10 people, you know, that may or may not have bought from you, right? Um, and so then, then do that. And if you can do that, then it's probably validated and you can move forward.
0: Gotcha. Now, how do you go about finding partners for any of your new ventures?
1: So typically, partners find me. People email me, um, say, "Robert, I've noticed what you've done, and so on." Someone told me about you, or you know, I would love to grow my business. Could you help me? You know, and so on and so forth. So um, again, many times, or sometimes it's um, it's through partners. So we ha- we know people, like for example, you do leadership coaching, right? We we know people that do leadership coaching, but then. Their fundamental problem is that they don't have the, the the engine in the car. Like they have a car, but the, there's no engine to actually, you know, make all of the wheels go. They need the ops. They need the DevOps. They need the IT. They need all of that for it to actually scale. And then you, as Chris, can say, "Look, we can talk about this all day long, but in reality, you need someone like Robert to come in and then just drive this forward, right?" And so this has happened many times in the past where we would be we brought in because we are not the consultant, we are the implementer, right? We work with people like you, Chris, or, or with the leaders or whatever, so that we achieve their goals. So at the end of the day, most people come to me and say, Robert, this is what we want to do. What can we do? And so on. Recently, it happened. Someone started a business, infinite demand almost, but they can't scale fast enough. And they came to me and like, Robert is like, we can't deliver enough for these people. Like they're throwing money at us and we we, we don't know what to do. And like, remember that conversation we had six months ago when I told you that I let's set up this scalably from day one. Why did you not believe? And like, oh, I thought it's easier. Sorry. Like, no, it's not. Business is not easy, especially at scale. Easy to do for 20 clients. What do you do when you have 2000 clients? You tell me what to do. You tell me what are you going to do when you have 2000 clients? You don't know. That's the truth. You've never been there. You don't know. So at the end of the day, you need to have the systems in place. You can build them yourself. Or you can work with someone else. So typically people come to me. But what I can tell you is if I were searching or how do I make a decision whether or not to work with them or not? Like how do I filter, right? How do I filter a partner? So a few things. Uh, number one, in terms of the business itself, uh, it has to make the world a better place. If it doesn't make the world a better place, I'm not interested. It's as simple as that. If you sell alcohol, I hope you go bankrupt. I have nothing against you. I really hope you go bankrupt. If you sell tobacco, again, I hope you go bankrupt, right? Just because I would wish you don't exist. I would wish you sell toys instead, whatever. I did not Just do something else. Find something else that you could become very good at and stop killing people in the process, right? Or, or, or feeding into their vices, whatever. You know, gambling and so on. I've turned down millions of euro and dollars in gambling projects. I've turned down millions of dollars in um, the adult industry, right? You know what I'm talking about, of people wanting to scale their adult business, right? Uh, I'm like, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm not interested. I don't mind if you, if there would be a way, like for example, if you would be like a, a matchmaking site, right, that unites you know, I don't know, very wealthy men with very hot women because that's what they want. Fine. I'm all, uh, that. I don't mind, you know, do that. That's fine. But that's matchmaking. Everyone agrees on the terms, you know, it's perfectly fine. And, you know, they start a family or they do whatever they want to do. Right. Anything other than that, you know, is not my vibe. I'm not interested. Right. So again, as long as it makes the world a better place, that's number one. Number two, is is it profitable from day one or month one whatever so if it's already in the business am i taking on debt or am i am i or if it's a very new startup or whatever can it be profitable very very quickly so that we can is sales sustainable is the better word can it be self sustainable so that we don't need to put money in because as an owner if i own 50% someone invites me you know to a joint venture i own 50% if 10k needs to be put in the business i need to put in five you know, and that, that becomes a problem because I don't want to, I'm, I'm in the place where businesses pay me. Why would I go back to putting my own money into something where anything I touch turns to gold? Like, why would I now give my gold from other businesses and give it to someone else? I don't want to do that, right? So that's that. Can it be profitable from day one or month on, whatever is so a relatively short period of time? And num- number three is who who is that person? Can I work well with them? Right? Uh, are they honest? Are they, you know, someone that's um, um, straightforward, they tell me what I need to hear, you know, they're they're they put in the work, they have hard work ethic, right? Um, I can give you two examples of conversations I've had with people just to give you an idea. So number one, at one point, I decided to invest in a business. Um, it was a few years ago, and it was, a, it was like I told you earlier, it was an intro. I was working with someone, you know, or they were doing some consulting and say, hey, you should talk to Robert. Talk to talk to them. They showed me an amazing business plan. They showed me what they did until then. They, they, they convinced me from every standpoint. I'm like, I really love this. I, I want to invest, right? And I think he was surprised that it was so easy or whatever, but he showed me everything I needed to see. So... We went on and I kid you not, a day after that or two days, something like that, the guy calls me and like Robert, I'm sorry, I can't sleep, and I really have to have a conversation with you. I'm like, okay, sorry, what's what's happening? What's going on? I'm like, I need to be very honest with you about something and and, and this is very important to me. I'm like, okay, what? Tell me. Like I, I'm already worried, like what's it gonna be? And he's like, Well, Robert, um, I'm Christian. I'm like, okay, UN tens of millions of other people. So what? like, no, but my, my faith is very important to me. You know, I mean, it's very important, you know, I go to church, you know, I'm, I'm an important member of the community. You know, I don't lie, not even a little bit, you know, I don't do any shady business stuff. You know, I'm always, you know, if, if we lose money because it's the right thing to do, we will do that. And so on. I'm like, Dude, that's music to my ears. I love it. Everything you just said makes me even, even makes me want to invest even more. Like, are you sure? Because you know, some people can't deal with it. I'm like, I can't wait for everyone to think like you. I can't wait for the scammers to die off. <laughs> you know, I can't wait for the charlatans to not exist. You know, to break a leg and or break their necks or whatever. Like, I'm I'm sorry if I'm being rude, but. If those people wouldn't exist, the entire world would be a better place. You know, I, maybe I'm being utopic mm-hmm. when I when I say these things, but I really hope more <laughs> people would be like that. Yeah, I am. Yeah. But more people would, if more people would be like that, it would be a better place. That's one. And then uh, in another example, we go, we went into business with these um, other entrepreneurs that they were already millionaires as well. And so we went into the business and I set expectations. I said, we're going into the business together. We are the founders. We will be there at the beginning. However, I do not need a glorified job. I will put my money, my capital into this. We will put our effort into this. I can't wait to hire managers to do this work for us. Do we all agree? I said, yes, yes, yes. Of course, that's the goal and so on and so forth. I'm like, okay, perfect. We agree. A few, few months in, you have, com- uh, have a conversation with them because uh, they wanted us to use Slack. I, I hate Slack just because everyone's like instant messaging and so on and so forth. I, just, I, I don't like that stuff. I use it because I have to because my businesses are using it and that's just where they where everyone talks. And I just let my businesses use whatever tools they want to use, right? Whether you use Slack or chat or whatever. But basically, um, it was a very interesting conversation because... They put me on the spot and like, Robert, we feel you're, you know, not contributing, not part of the business as everyone else. There are four owners, each of us own 25%. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Well, when we have discussions on Slack, you know, everyone answers, you know, quickly and so on and so forth. Like in five minutes, we get answers and then you almost never answer. You just give a thumbs up or, you know, you, you answer the next day or, you know, things like that. And, you know, we're just, we want to be honest with you. I'm like, I appreciate you bringing it up. Uh, But, and then we had an entire conversation around, I I explained to them, I basically gave them free leadership coaching. (laughs) If, If your business needs you at a five minute notice, there's a big problem in the business. There's a very big problem because people aren't empowered because they do not know how to take decisions, because they do not have the skill sets to ma- ma- do what they need to do, etc., etc. Whatever the problem is, or a combination of more problems, it's a leadership problem, because that means you are not doing what you need to do as a leader. If we need to be, I'm, I'm a millionaire. All four of us are millionaires. Why would I go back in time to time where I had to be five minutes at anyone's disposal in the business? Why would I do that to myself? Right. And how is that the logical thing to do in a business? Jeff Bezos isn't five minutes away from anything. If any, he's he's five years away from the smallest problem in the company, right? It will never reach him. Like he never would never know what's going on, you know, in Los Angeles at I don't know what department, and I don't know what you know team, and so on and so forth. That information is so far away from him, he will never be there. Right? Okay. You you own a five-person business. You're, You're not Jeff Bezos by any regard. Fine. You should still not be five minutes at anyone's disposal, right? That how is that conducive to good work? How is that conducive to deep work? To work that actually means something, right? So I had that conversation with them, and I told them, look, we never had an SLA of within the hour response times, we always agreed from the very beginning that the main goal of this business is for it to be self-sustainable ASAP and for us to not do this work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? And then we set those expectations and guess what? No one expects me to be on Slack anymore, right? Whenever I reply, I reply and so on and so forth and I just deal with things in my own. I basically block time every day to check my comms, right? I block time and... If you, if you write me today at 4 p.m. and the next time I check comms is tomorrow at 2 p.m., you're not going to get the reply until tomorrow at 2 p.m. I'm sorry, it's just, it's just the next time I check comms, right? And so some people don't sit well with that. And I tell them, run business the way you want to run it. I want to live to be 140. I, I'm very happy, right? Uh, I, I'm very happy making millions. And if you want to make millions in another way, you're welcome to do so. It's not my vibe that's it so these are the three things right uh making the world a better place um uh, can it be profitable and who am i working with can we work together well as people
0: awesome advice uh robert this has been great uh i want to run three more questions by you uh, that okay. i ask everybody with the the first being what book do you recommend everyone should read
1: that's a very good question um I recommend people should read many, many, many books. And if they have requests, they can message me, and I can let them know on email. Um, one book that I really enjoyed is the Success Principles from Jack Canfield, um, because there are many, many very good principles in there. And just take it one by one. Take read the first one, go to the next one, and so on and so forth. Right? Like try to implement one by one, but really try to implement. Don't just you know go from one to the next. Um, it took me three weeks to try to implement the first one and I did not succeed. And I, at one point I said, I just, I really want to read the rest of the book. I can't, I just, you know, and so I just continued reading, uh, and tried to implement other principles. But the, the first one took me so, so much time to implement, but it's very valuable.
0: Hmm. Now, just that is, uh, you sold the book. <laughs> I think I, I need to go <laughs> see what, what that first principle is. Uh yeah. Next up, uh, what's next for you professionally?
1: That's a very good question. So, we are right now, um, a few things are happening. I always start or go into one to three businesses every year because I want to keep growing my portfolio. Um, And so, I'm I'm looking for uh, opportunities right now. However, this year specifically, it looks like I came up with something that I, personally want to do. So, we just launched so two things. Number one, we just launched Alvanda, which I believe is the ultimate business process optimization platform. If you want to bi- run your business properly, the way it should be run, you should go check out alvanda.com because it helps you define all of your procedures and whenever you give a task to someone, they have to follow procedure. You can't just randomly give someone a task. You need to be strategic about your quarterly goals. You need to put everything in there properly everything has a due date a check up and so on like it's it just forces you to think strategically and you know obviously if anyone has any questions you know they can email me Robert at elvanda.com and I'll help them set up and so on and so forth so um, basically that's what we have right now and my next venture right now um, that's in in the ideation phase I've extrapolated the business model for the next five years. I cannot believe how much money this venture can make. Um, I'm looking for funding right now for it. Um, And so first come first served as uh, obviously, if you know, I vibe with the person and so on and so forth. But basically, I will uh, raise money for that and then start working on that. Long story short, you know, it can get to 50 million at least in five years which is big it's huge to get to 50 million in 5 years it's like let me tell you statistically speaking 0.01% of businesses get there or less right like no businesses get there that statistically speaking no one gets to 50 million and i extrapolated crazy uh, conservative i showed it to someone that's already like they're like in their 60s and you know, they've been in business, like I, I appreciate their counsel and so on and so forth. And they looked at my numbers the way I put everything in there and like, Robert, you're so undervalued everything here. It's crazy because you like, I put things like, you know, one per month, you know, on, on things that I could get 10, you know, or whatever, like KPIs, you know, and so on. And they're like, Robert, this is this is crazy. I, I don't know how the math works on this. I've never seen something this real right uh, on numbers on the sheet until now so very good feedback so i'm gonna show it to a few investors in the next few weeks right um if anyone's interested obviously they can uh ping me and then if it's not already gone i expect the first investor i show it to to actually buy it uh maybe i'm being a bit cocky about it but i I just it's so good that uh, i doubt anyone that has capital is not going to be like, Oh my God, here's my money, you know, just go build it, <laughs> you know? So, right. Yeah, that's it. Oh,
0: well, that sounds awesome. Uh, and you. then finally, where can people find you?
1: So if anyone Googles my full name, Robert Indriesh, um, they can just, you know, find me. Uh, I'm sure the show notes and the title will have it. Um, first three, three pages of Google should be about me. My website should be the first thing, RobertIndriesh.com. And if anyone wants to, ask me something or hop on a call or whatever things of that nature. If they own a business and they want to take it to the next level, whatever things of that nature, they can just email me at robertinders.com. They mention Unbound or they mention, you know, hey, i heard Chris's podcast and so on. And that's why I'm here. And then I promise to reply to them.
0: Awesome. That's appreciated. Uh, Of course. Robert, thanks for joining me. This has been a great conversation. Very insightful.
1: Thank you so much. Uh, Great questions. And I look forward to hearing listeners feedback.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love a rating and review on your favorite podcast player. And for more information on how to build effective and efficient teams through your leadership, visit leadingforeffect.com. As always, deserve it.